A reading from Luke chapter 24. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in word and deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of, some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all, the, all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself and all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had made known to them in the breaking of the bread. Here ends the reading. Grace and peace to you from God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Boy, you're all clumped here, right? Together. Do you feel lonely in the back? If you do, you feel lonely, Merlin? Well, you're at the bottom. Come on up if you want to feel, we got this great, nice clump here. Please come on up. But you can stay put, too. Oh, Shireen, there you go. Shireen, all right. We are coming to the end or maybe the beginning of the end of the academic semester. I can so clearly remember orientation weekend. Sometimes it seems just as clear as a bell. And yet, at other times, September seems miles away. We are nearing the end of the semester, but there's so much yet to come. When I think about this academic year, There are two stories that I will treasure and remember and ponder about long into my future. It was two pivotal conversations with students that I think are bookending this year for me. Both of these events are ones that made my heart beat faster and my hands get a little sweaty. Two weeks ago, 
the final gathering of the 3G network was happening in our home. There were 16 students. I was one of them, one of the learners. And we made a commitment to meet with each other for conversation, deep conversation, about our life and values and the Christian faith. And we met Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. I'm old. That's a late hour, even for me. And then each of these leaders would then meet with another small group of students in a weekly conversation centered in a book that connected the dots between one's life and faith. At this final leaders' meeting, we each shared affirmations, calling forth the gifts that we had seen manifest in each other through the years, talents, abilities, things that we were treasuring about each other's personality and way of living in the world. And as that time of word affirmation concluded, the person who had received these affirmations got a chance to say something, speaking about what it meant to them to be a part of this community. Well, one of the students shared that for her, being a part of the 3G network was a church. Growing up, she hadn't had a community with which she identified, an intimate Christian community where she could be herself in trust and vulnerability. And through that time together in the 3G network, she had learned more about the abundant love of God. Wow. Thump, thump, thump went my heart. The second bookend of the year happened last semester. I was at the Oxnard campus on a Thursday night. Scott and I and some of the other pastors on campus share this time of of coming together in a time of prayer to our graduate campuses. And most of the time, I walk around the Oxnard campus. I talk with students as they're eating dinner before a 7 o'clock class. Or maybe I join them in the computer lab and talk about their faith and life or just what's going on. Sometimes I meet their children. That's a special joy. And I also interrupt the faculty. I walk in their, uh, their offices while they're preparing for class or doing research, and, and we talk as well. And then in the middle of that time, there are two moments of kind of um, silence and prayer and conversation for anyone who pops in. On one of those nights, I was standing in the hallway about an hour before the classes began, looking for people, somebody I could talk with, and a woman walked by. She opened the classroom door, turned around, put that little wedge underneath it to keep the classroom door open. She smiled at me. I smiled back. And then she sat her books down on one of the tables. That conversation was mine. I went into that classroom and sat down beside her, and we started to talk. A conversation ensued. I learned that she was from Saudi Arabia. I heard a little bit about her hopes and dreams for this graduate program. I learned about her husband and the Ph.D. program in which he was involved. I learned about what she was hoping to do with this graduate degree and what it was like to be involved in graduate studies in the United States. And we also talked about the scarf, the hijab, that many Muslim women wear as a sign of 
religious faith or maybe out of their tradition or even simply out of modesty. She shared with me that she didn't wear a scarf because her faith wasn't strong enough. And as I say that, I wish I would have had more guts to ask her more about that. I was afraid of saying the wrong thing. I was afraid that I may not honor her by asking her about that. And so that little nugget that she shared still remains to this day. But then she surprised me. Do you think God wants me to be pregnant? Oh my. I learned that she had had a miscarriage. And now she was wondering about her body and her marriage and her God. At the end of the conversation, she reached out to me, grabbed my arm, and said, Will you pray for me? There went my heart. Thump, thump, thump. Hands got a little sweaty. That may shock you to know that as a Christian and as a pastor, I had never considered that one day a woman, a Muslim woman, would ask me to pray for her. Oh, would I? You can bet that as a woman who herself has had a miscarriage, and as a Christian, and as a Lutheran pastor, it was my deep joy and privilege to pray with her. Who was I to judge that for her, our differing faith traditions and beliefs were not barriers to our praying in common, but opportunities for us to reach out to a God whose love is abundant and overwhelming. These bookends to my year seem to me to be a kind of Emmaus Road experience, a time when my heart burned, a transforming experience, an amazing activity. In the lesson from the New Testament that Libby read this morning from Luke's Gospel, two of those who followed Jesus were on the road to Emmaus, wondering about all the events that had taken place when Jesus just, he just showed up. Without warning, without heralding angels, without the sky being torn apart, without the curtain being torn, he was just there walking among them. They were so agitated by all the events that had taken place. Maybe they were thinking of that day when he entered into Jerusalem and people lay down their cloaks, palm branches. Perhaps their hearts were caught up in the trial or the angry crowds, or maybe they were thinking of what happened on Golgotha's hill. But they did not recognize him. They talked together about everything under the sun, but still they didn't know who the stranger was. And it wasn't until he sat down with them in the midst of a meal when he took bread and broke it that their eyes were opened and they saw him, the resurrected Jesus, as if for the first time. I bet they could feel their hearts beating, thump, 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 with a rhythm that told of their shock and wonder. Maybe their hands were sweaty, too. Jesus just showed up and claimed them with a love that would not go. 
A love that was bigger than all of their questions or their betrayal. A love that touched them when their hearts were broken and wintry. A love that forged them into a community. A love that sent them forth with words to tell. You know that this year I have been reading one of the books from Barbara Brown Taylor, an Anglican priest. It's definitely my favorite. I return to it time and time and time again. It's her book, Home by Another Way, and in it she writes, When the world looks around for the risen Christ, let me say that again, when the world looks around for the risen Christ, when they want to know what that means, it is us that they look at, not our pretty faces or our sincere eyes, but our hands and our feet, what we have done with them and where we are going with them. You are sent to be the hands and feet and the heart of the risen Christ here and now. You get to proclaim in word and deed an abundant love of God that loves all people, all of us, in ways more surprising and unimaginable than we had ever considered before. So, if your hearts start thumping and your hands get a little sweaty, look up. Jesus is showing up. Amen. Let us pray. My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself, and the fact that I think that I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you, and I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire, and I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Let us pray. God of many names, my name is known to you. I am held in the hand of your life, and I do not know what you will make of me. All I know is that I cannot make myself any more than I could in my mother's womb. But this I can do, this I choose, to give myself into the hand of your continuing creativity. My past, with its joys and triumphs, its failures and regrets. My present, with its struggles and accomplishments, its failures and regrets. And my future, with its fears and freedom, its pain and promise, to loose and to bind, to stretch and to shape, to become what I will, trusting the hand that made the world, trusting the spirit that breathes life, trusting the love that will not let me go, trusting the promise of the word made flesh. Holy God, show us how to walk in love, to be open to you and to others in the very depths of who we are. 
Fill us with truth and compassion so that we might be your heralds in this world. As we pray to you, remake us so that our nature is transformed, so that our habits and ways of being are deeply shaped by you, so that our relationships reflect your love for all people, so that our way of engaging with the world reflects your ways. Amen. Please stand.